Welcome to another episode of Small Talk, Small Government with Bill and Deb. Hey, Bill. Hello. Hello. This is our 11th episode, and we kind of teased at it a little bit, I think, in our last one. We, we were uh, talking last about the collapse of Sri Lanka, which has uh, occurred due to chasing higher ESG scores and, um, you know, they're ushering in a their Green New Deal, if you, if as it were, you know, in their country. So we talked a little bit about how is our situation going to change with the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act, which, uh, you know, has some tie-ins to that particular policy and circumstance. So uh, we, we, we have gone off and done a little bit of research on this, and we're coming back today to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act. So let's, uh, we'll... Let's cue up the episode like the professionals do. We're going to talk about what is the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to talk about uh, some of the the changes that are going to come about from an environmental perspective that they're pushing through this thing. We're going to talk about what's on everybody's mind, the huge increase in IRS agents. That's an interesting thing. Hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of impact this could possibly have. Uh, you know, how does it help? Very little. Um, what are the consequences of it? Very great. And we'll talk about <laughs> yes. a little bit of, you know, what's even been going on the last few years. And I mean, how have we gotten to this crazy amount of, um, you know, inflation and all as it is? So the, the, the Inflation Reduction Act has been called, it's been kind of like a joke. It's been called by some people the Inflation Guarantee Act. The Inflation Expansion Act. It really is kind of a joke, a scary one, to mm-hmm. anyone who understands economics and is also informed about the actual state of our economy currently. Um, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. We talk about this in, in our circles of friends. Mm-hmm. None of us believe the insanity when Biden comes out and says, actually, in the month of July, we had zero inflation. Because the way it works, foolish proles, is that things cancel each other out, and uh, it's really not a problem at all. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so, I don't think anybody believes that who, who's actually uh, looked into this, or, or even just has some common sense. Yeah, and it, it, it really, you know, it continues to just really blow my mind that we aren't all, every American citizen is not collectively outraged by the fact that he continues to come out and just spout actual lies. It, it just, it really stuns me. It, it, it's hard to, to understand how anybody can continue to be behind it. I think it, you know, for me, there'd be no shame in just being like, wow, this guy is really uh, doing a number on us and, and lying right to our faces. I feel, you know, like, I don't want to support him anymore. There, there would be no shame in that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it drives me nuts that people are just holding on with claws, you know. And it's because of the media. But, you know, that's another topic that we've beaten to death also. But so now, you know, those of us who do get it, um, you know, we're calling it the Green New Deal 2.0. So what I find really apt about that particular name, and I was reading an article about this and it really incensed me, about the way Bill Gates personally lobbied to Manchin about this bill. 
you know, and, and that's something that, uh, mm. you know, we all know that Bill Gates is behind all of the craziest green energy crazes. We know the, the influence that he has. And, you know, to, to think about Bill Gates just, you know, showing up at the door one day of Bill Manchin to be like, hey, Bill, let's talk about how we can make this good for the citizens of West Virginia. And you come on over with me and sign this bill. I mean, the, the yeah, very that's, fact... that's some influence there, yeah. Yeah, I... It, that's it just, crazy. It, and, and, you know, the, the fact that there's... It's also a, a situation to me, like, it's nothing to be proud of that this bill was passed with total unanimous Democrat support, no support from Republicans. Not a single... Mm-hmm. None, you know? It, when you realize how divided we are, and we're all, we all realize how divided we are, that's a bad sign. And it, 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 it's, it, of course, it's funny because, you know, they don't care that it's a bad sign. I mean, you know, the president just got up on, on stage on prime time and delivered a speech to us on Thursday telling us that yeah. he's okay with the divide that we have. And the divide we have is right because there's a whole massive amount of the population who is simply wrong. So, you know, and, and they shall be dealt with. So, uh. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter to them that, you know, they're able to pass these things with literally half the country not supporting it. I mean, surely what could go wrong there? Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, it, I haven't done a lot of looking into what the backlash has been in West Virginia and how those people feel about this whole thing. But what, what again, like when you say anybody with, with uh, you know, that doesn't have a short-term memory problem, like I remember these things from years, you know. If you don't yeah. have a, sh- a memory issue and you understand what's going on, uh, I mean, so Manchin is like, yeah, um, the people of my state are going to be, they're going to have so many green new jobs. Yay. Haven't we already been over that? We, yeah, we, we've seen how this movie ends. Yeah. And so, you know, to think that these people are just like, oh, okay, well, I'm just, uh, I, I understand that my job is going to go away completely and I'll just sit back and wait for uh, everything to catch up, and then I, and then I'll get my new green job, and it'll totally replace my old one, and everything will be fine. You know, it, it's not going to be that way. There's going to be a period of of, of misery, frankly, and mm-hmm. um, um, especially if it's done uh, right away with no transition, which is what they're trying to do is it, it, is go from one to the next, go from everyone being in a coal mine to everyone working on a wind farm, something like that, with nothing in between. Yeah, and and we know that they do these things because you know everything they've done has been too much, too quick, and and with mm-hmm. with no with not enough forethought, and in fact. Um, like when you look at the um, the spending over the last few years, I was looking at and, and we'll, we'll cite the uh, the source in our sources when, when we get to the end here. But I'm looking at I was looking at a, a data lab on U.S. spending over the past few years. And especially mm-hmm. considering that, you know, that, you know, covid caused a problem, but also politicians caused a problem. <laughs> the Fed caused a problem. Many things yeah, were, were an issue there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll get to the bottom of that whole thing, too, I hope. But anyway, um, the biggest jump in spending, you got uh, quite a bit in health spending, which, you know, you can imagine with, with COVID and everything else, there was a big increase in that through 2021, small increase in national defense, which I would always support, a small increase for Medicare, that's important, um, a, a big increase from debt, uh, new debt, trust funds, other investments, 
Um, but but one of the things that went up crazy is the income security. Hmm. That that's a category that they they call it income security, and like all of the the um, COVID spending, uh, the the stimulus checks, and all that stuff would have been in that category. So uh, it, okay, it, yeah, it pretty much doubled between 2019 and 2020. And then, and then it, it, it was, you know, holding true to that much higher amount through 2021. So uh, okay. it looks, what I'm looking at here, and again, we'll put it in our notes, but it was $551 billion, Then it went up to $1.3 trillion, $1.7 trillion, And we remember those things being passed, those, those trillions. And we're like, wow, trillions? That's yeah, like yeah, a that new was- number, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's even more unfathomable, and yeah. and just it, and and for me, it it just, man, you can just you can just feel it in your you know in your chest like like a, just closing yeah, it, in, it just it's just closing in. This these numbers can't be good for us yeah. and for our yeah. future. And so, and that's exactly where we find ourselves now. We already know that we've we've been on a path to destruction for a long time, anyway, as far as you know, fiscal responsibility goes. But then, over the last few years, we've really just you know tanked it, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, and COVID definitely helped with that. And that was all part of the plan, as we've discussed over and over again. And so now, you know, is is that part of their idea, like? Okay, we're going to shut down your job. You're going to wait around for the industry to catch up. Don't worry. It's for the greater good. Suck it up. We'll send you a check. Yeah. You know, whatever. The, so, it's just... And suddenly people are living off the government. Exactly. And, and Major again, sectors. that's... Yeah. Yep. Part of what they would prefer. Everybody, you just, you just be satisfied with what we will give you, and eventually it'll run out, and, you know, then you can, you know, fight in the streets over, over morsels. Yeah. But, um... You know, we also, I wanted to point out that just in the last few weeks, we've seen that Ford has laid off about 3,000 employees as part of its shift to beef up uh, the EV side of their business and reduce uh, their their gas engine side. So, and we know based on ESG, uh, where the government supports investing and where it will stifle investing and even penalize for investing... We mm. know that's a thing as part of ESG. We know that's part of how they roll out these policies. So, you know, I guess we can expect to see a whole lot more of this. Um, so it, it interests me because I am in a, a part of the business that I'm in is, you know, the, the shift to EV on one side. There's a lot of things going on that could impact my job as well. You know, so mm-hmm. I pay attention to this kind of stuff. So moving right along to... Uh, what is this thing? Bill, as usual, has done a good exhaustive amount of research on the actual facts of it <laughs> while I usually rant. <laughs> so please take it away. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Now the facts. <laughs> uh, so what is the Inflation Reduction Act? It's, it's uh, $740 billion of spending over just a, a wide range of... of um, of, of industries. The White House says, and I quote, the Inflation Reduction Act will lower costs for families, combat the climate crisis, reduce the deficit, and finally ask the largest corporations to pay their fair share. President Biden and congressional Democrats 
have worked to deliver historic legislative achievement that defeats special interests, delivers for American families, and grows the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Yeah, that which that sounds phrase. it sounds pretty impressive, but um, uh, I didn't really see anything in there unless I missed it to reduce How inflation. Can not talk about special interest? Yeah, when yeah, Bill exactly. Gates is walking up to the you know again sitting down yeah, to having Joe a Manchin cup of coffee with Joe yeah. Manchin. This is all special interest right <laughs> oh it's yeah it's it's crazy and and to prove that point about half of this 369 billion dollars will go to combating the existential crisis of climate change it's an existential crisis bill it cannot be stated enough i if we just throw money at this thing 369 billion dollars then uh the problem will be solved i'm sure yes and and i think this would be the perfect time to mention the ralph wiggum meme that we've bounced back and forth between us. <laughs> Ralph Wiggum, finger firmly planted up nostril, picking <laughs> nose, letting us know, the TV told me that if I eat bugs and pay more money to the government, the weather will be gooder. <laughs> that really <laughs> sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's all we got to do. That'll fix so that's it. The, that's the entire Inflation Reduction Act reduced to a Ralph meme. Thank you, meme. <laughs> yes. And to prove all that, again, the, the Congressional Budget Office uh, hadn't finished analyzing all this whenever uh, whenever they passed it. Uh, so Gosh. so when it was passed, we didn't even know the effect. Since then, they've come out and said that um, it'll reduce the deficit by $102 billion over 10 years. And I, I looked it up. The, the current deficit is $726 billion. That's the difference between the money that comes in and the money that's spent. You know, if you if you were to save ten billion dollars a year over mm-hmm. the next each year over the next ten years, that's like the average family saving eight hundred twenty six dollars a year. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it would be nice to have an extra eight hundred twenty six dollars a year, or I think that's sixty eight dollars a month. But um, mm-hmm. well, what does that really get you? I mean, these days, sixty eight dollars a month will get you. You can, you can fill up your car and and uh, get lunch at McDonald's, and that's about yeah. it. And there's, there's like not too I, much I, of an exaggeration there. Yeah, I remember it's like, you know, early in my career when I remember I got a raise that I was disappointed in, and I, I pretty much said to my boss, this would be helpful to me maybe if you gave it to me all at once. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like telling me that you're giving me, uh, you know, a percent and a half over the whole year, I, right. I'm just not jazzed. <laughs> yeah, so that's but, that's kind of, that's kind of what what this is 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 it's just a little bit of money that uh, that's strung out over um, but, over but to them, ten it, years. Yeah, and it's just enough for them to not quite be fully lying. Yeah, it's just yeah. that the real benefit of it uh, does not at all outweigh the cost and the impact. And we, we don't even know how this works because because uh, our favorite press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, says that we have to pass it to find out the mechanics, mm-hmm. which I've heard this before. Some uh, I think Nancy Pelosi uh, said something like that back in the Obamacare days. Yeah, we, we'll have to pass it and, and, and then we'll find out what's in it. And, and yeah. what that makes me think of is the way I know that Rand Paul has a, uh, a bill that he's been trying to push that correlates time for a bill to be read based on the number of pages within it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Which would, and I mean, it seems like it would be, you know, at, at the very least, they, there should be some type of rule where it actually has to be read and understood, and the, the, the CBO should have to finish its analysis yeah. before it gets out. And, and let's also think, I hope that also the CBO won't 
become like just a partisan other arm of the Democrat Party, like mm-hmm. they tend to suck in every agency around them and make them, you know, uh, uh, weapons. But, you yeah. know, I mean, when 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 they haven't even finished analyzing it to know the truth and the lies within it, you know, how can anybody feel confident about that? It's just it, it really is quite a broken system we have when it when it comes to how we get these massive, crazy bills passed that are absolutely full of special interest, lies, misconceptions, you know, all of it. It just is so short term um, or short sighted. I mean, yeah. And I, I I agree with that. I like the idea maybe that uh, uh, before it can be passed, before something can be passed, it has to be read aloud uh, Mm -hmm. like during, you know, normal business hours, let's say, you know, when not, not like overnight at Mm -hmm. two o'clock in the morning when when nobody's watching C-SPAN, but yeah. But it has and, to be know, has to be read aloud and and before anybody can can uh, can vote on it. So yeah. at least we all know what it is. Everyone doesn't have any excuse to not know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd much I'd be way more willing to sit and watch that over the course of you know days or weeks mm-hmm. and pop in and understand what's going on than the the stupid waste of time for the January sixth committee. Or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, like the things that, and so that just tells you right there, the, the, like the propaganda machine, mm-hmm. we will censor, you will hear what we want you to hear and anything else that is factual or actually requires some, some digging into, uh, you know, none of that. You don't need to know <laughs> that you're too dumb to understand it anyway. Didn't he tell yeah. us that last year? A lot of people don't understand the supply chain. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think, <laughs> I, I think we do. Thank Why you Why don't you much. tell us? Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of special interests and things, and there's uh, there's all kinds of nonsense in in here. One of the things that that um, uh, that I was looking into was the electric vehicle credit, um, uh, which is which is a bunch of nonsense, uh, to be honest. In in my opinion, um, it's very complicated, and you'd be lucky to find a car that you could actually use this for. Basically, if you make less than $150,000 a year and you buy a car that's less than $55,000 or I think SUVs, I think it's like $75,000 from a manufacturer making fewer than 200,000 cars a year and at least 40% of their battery materials come from North America or a trading partner uh, and it's assembled in the USA, then you can get $7,500 tax credit Mm -hmm. and Basically, no cars or very few cars um, can be taken advantage of. And to, uh, that with check that all those boxes. Yeah, to I, check I, all those he, boxes. That's yeah. pretty restrictive. I have a real world example of that too, because I have a friend that is in car sales. And I was talking to him not too long ago, and he was mentioning to me, he's like, by the way, I'm, you know, knowing he knows, of course, <laughs> how I think, you know, and he's like, you're going to love this one. You wouldn't <laughs> believe the fine print. And all of the the the, the restrictions and um, and constraints that are within that 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 he is now having to explain to people left and right. Well, mm-hmm. you know, this battery has a thirty nine percent of this. Nah, you know, it's just like a million different. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Also, exactly. Weren't you the one? Weren't you talking about uh, the last time you and I were just having a just a general conversation? Something about, oh, oh we, we read it. Um, I, I'll find the article again when they were saying 
for the most part, you can trust um, a car manufacturer to let you know if the vehicle uh, yeah. applies. And we're like, oh, okay, so you're telling me that the salesman wanting to make that sale, I can totally trust him right in my face to tell me, oh, yeah, this is going to qualify. It's going to be fine. Here's your, uh, you know, here's your credit. It all, all well. And then, you know, meanwhile, do I expect that one of those 87,000 IRS agents is going to come and look at it and say, actually, this vehicle cost $56,000 a year, and we've <laughs> done some research to find that the manufacturer made 200001 so therefore, the credit that you got, you actually owe us back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the way I see this this IRS agent thing really working out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, so. basically, I think... every single, like, everything they've given you to try and take advantage of is going to be scrutinized to hell. Oh, absolutely. And and, and this, I'm sure, is is no different. Now, the, the restrictions on all this, uh, or a lot of the restrictions, either change or expire at the end of the year. So, uh, for instance, next year, I think the... Um, uh, the manufacturer um, capacity or or number of vehicles they make every year, I think that that gets modified or just goes away. But then, uh, then also the uh, materials that go into the battery uh, from North America increase to 100. Uh, percent So it has to be all 100 percent manufactured and and sourced in um, which could in never America, happen. Which which could basically never happen. Yeah, and. These uh, these restrictions, when they change, will benefit larger car companies like GM and Ford and Tesla, and and uh, not benefit or work against the two hundred thousand. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, work, so that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it'll work against the small companies, which you'd think would would be the up and coming little little tiny companies. So a friend of mine just got a, um, a what is it, Rivan, R I V A N, mm -hmm. and so the small companies like that who are just starting out would be. Wouldn't be in any of this, but but you could use that seventy five hundred dollar tax credit on your next Tesla. Yeah, and and, and so, that so really you know it's and crazy. Then of course, yeah, those small ones would have been the ones that are maybe more likely to have less than two hundred thousand of them rolling off an assembly line in a year. You know, right? And and so, maybe get yeah. these cars started. Maybe get these alternative uh, uh, car companies started and off the ground. Mm -hmm. There's not just Revan, but there's but there's other ones out there who who I'm sure could really use some. Uh, uh, some exposure and everything, and and if somebody's throwing seventy five hundred dollars around, then then uh, yeah, it would be that might be a a, um, uh, a a decision point right there to go with one of these smaller companies instead of buying a you know buying a Ford. And yeah, speaking I mean, of Ford, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and speaking of Ford, then um, uh, then they just increased the cost of their F one fifty Lightning, which is their electric pickup truck, mm -hmm. by six thousand to eighty five hundred dollars. Yeah. The, the timing on that I found was coincidental because they announced this right about the time that that the uh, that all this was either in the works or, or about to come out. Now Ford says that it's um, that it's just material imp uh, material pricing increases, but I don't know. Like I say, the, the timing seems coincidental. Yeah. And and you know what? Like even if it is just a coincidence, what that really means for you as a regular consumer is this doesn't help you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's really what yeah. it comes right down to. And it it also makes me think about, um, you know, it, it'll be, I don't want to go off on a tangent with it, but it makes me want to look into the uh, the stuff from, what was it, I guess, 10 years ago or something when, when, when Obama had that big, 
gas vehicle buyback thing and people were getting huge mm-hmm. amounts of money for these really sad pathetic trade-ins like you know i i knew somebody who was particularly mechanically inclined you know he he got something going just enough to roll it into a dealership suddenly had eight thousand dollars toward a car yeah was that the oh at cash for clunkers deal where they uh, yeah yeah and and I and I believe and I you know of course back then I was still half asleep I wasn't really aware of everything and and how it was all culminating together to bring us to exactly where we are now, but um I I I, I feel like I remember there being some issues with that and some mm-hmm. kind of fallout with uh with with that um whether it be to the car industry or uh you know the the economy in general it's just you know goes without saying that you can't. Uh, give people a bunch of money for nothing and oh, yeah. not have it make an impact. And that, that is essentially what it was. Lots of people were able to take advantage of that by by wheeling in a clunker. That was oh, the yeah. thing. It just has to start. Yeah, that just that destroyed uh, or nearly destroyed an industry there. It basically destroyed the uh, the availability of used cars for years and jacked up the prices on all used cars. It seriously messed with the um, the used uh, car parts market and mm. aftermarket car parts market because they had to take these cars in and they couldn't they couldn't put them in the junkyard and sell the parts off of them. They couldn't part them out. They had to destroy them if they took one of these in. Then mm. they had to destroy it. So. Uh, so there's all oh, kinds of okay. things that uh, uh, that 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 particular bill uh, upended an entire industry there, mm-hmm. and it took years and years for all that to recover. Because then, the, then the next generation of used cars had to come onto the market, and and you know mm-hmm. that takes years to to build up that inventory yeah. again. Yeah. So you know, like I always think, you know, like the like the single mom who needs a car to get to work, and her hers just died. Mm-hmm. She can't find another used car. She has yeah. to buy a new car at you know at uh, more expensive and that's yeah. it. But anyway, there there's a tangent. <laughs> it is yeah exactly you know and it's just but see that that's the thing there are there are real people who are affected by these things and it seems like um, you know those that are just drinking the Kool Aid about this being such a great collective thing aren't taking the time to really think about those you know examples of real people that you know, end up really kind of hurt by this. Yeah, speaking of, of electric cars and charging, I think uh, California's having some issues. Yeah, uh, yeah California, the, the great uh, push for all of this. I think they're the first state to come out with those crazy, uh, very ambitious goals of selling no more gas vehicles by, what is it? Is it 2035? 2035, or is it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, phasing them out and forcing people to buy electric cars. However, even right now, with the amount of electric cars that are being driven in that state, they already have found themselves in energy crisis mode and are now asking people not to charge their cars between 4 p.m. and 9, uh, the, the highest energy usage times of the day. Don't charge a car at that time because the grid cannot handle all of the demands on it, plus all of the EV charging. Hmm. Hello. So part of this bill, it, it's more craziness. $80 billion has been given to the IRS over the next 10 years. And their typical budget is about $12 billion. So this is major money that's, that's coming their way. The, uh, the IRS head under Obama and Trump uh, said that it's, this is too much money. It's like a windfall. It's like somebody winning a lottery. Uh, they can't spend this money efficiently. 
And I, I, I can tell that you're shocked that a government, <laughs> uh, a government agency wouldn't spend money efficiently, but they, they say this is just too much money to be spent all at once. And it's also uh, funny because usually whenever they have such windfalls like this, what do you know? You also can't quite track where it all goes. Ah, uh, yes. Know? But no special interest. No, There will no, be no. no special interest. $45 billion of this will go toward enforcement, which would be mostly just hiring agents. Uh, there's currently about 94,000 employees, and this bill would add about 87,000 new agents including some special agents who are generally special agents would be armed, um, according to the job listing that, that the RS had. And when they advertised for the job, they included the line, must be willing to use deadly force. Uh, but then there was some backlash about that. So they later removed that. And, from the actual but, posting, but I'm sure it'll be discussed during the interviews. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the requirement didn't go away. It's just not printed on the posting anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What what they're thinking, what a lot of people are thinking about all these 87,000 new agents is that they're probably now going to go after more crypto enforcement. Um, there's nothing that says that they will, but but they're kind of thinking that that's, that's a direction the IRS is going because it's... Uh, the crypto space is, is not um, not too well regulated. It's kind of kind of just out there. So they're they're mm -hmm. probably trying to get some more money from that. Yeah, they definitely want to bring that into their oh, central yeah. Yeah, system. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they've also noted that one of the things they're going to use the money for is is increased customer service. But uh, they don't really need eighty seven thousand agents for increased customer service. Uh, so they're probably yeah. going to upgrade some servers and and that kind of that kind of stuff as well. And and they're thinking, well, why why do we need to hire these people? Theoretically, there's a tax gap, which is the difference between the taxes that are collected and the money that's paid by the government, where the citizens especially the rich, um, are evading taxes like crazy, they say. And these 87,000 employees will get that revenue back. You know, about this theoretical tax gap, it, this is interesting to me because I know that, like, for me, I'm not particularly worried about this whole thing because, you know, like, my husband and I talk about it and he's like, oh, geez, there's no way we aren't going to be audited. We're going to be audited. We're definitely going to be audited. And we're not. And the reason I say that we're not is... We're just a couple of stupid schlups that, you know, we make good money, and I'm grateful for that, but we pay a hell of a lot of taxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, we, we have no possible deductions. We have no possible write-offs. Mm -hmm. We don't even bother. You know what I mean? Like, every yeah. potential thing that we could possibly ever benefit from, we're fully aware cannot happen. You know, we, we, we are just like, we are in this fringe area where nothing benefits us. We aren't eligible for any deduction ever. So we don't even bother, you know? So yeah, yeah. we we don't matter. We just, you know, pay 30, 40% in taxes. And that's just the way it, that it happens, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it disgusts me, but it is what it is. And, and this is the kind of thing like me, and and I I'm I'm lucky and I appreciate that and I mean I'm not lucky because I that there's an avenue to be successful in mm -hmm. this country there is always one you know so I don't want to call myself simply lucky but I do appreciate that I found myself in an industry young ish you know that I was able to build a good career in I oh, yeah. am not in a position that I went to college to learn something so specialized that I can't get a job. Or something that I spent a lot of money on that, you know, what do, I, what do you know? I find that, um, you know, 
this skill that I learned isn't actually marketable or needed. I don't have those problems and I'm grateful for that. And the reason I don't is that I just went out into the working world very young. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, go through the whole thing. And that's, that's my life story that we won't get into here. But anyway, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in no tax gap. The government is fully aware of all the money I make. I'm a W2 person. There's yeah. nothing I could possibly hide. But what I think is so interesting about this, and I and that was another thing that Bob Kudla mentioned in that interview today, he said they're going to be going after the gig economy. And that's so yes, interesting yes. to me because I said that immediately out loud as soon as this was announced. I was like, oh, this is going to be all those people making, uh, you know, tip money for my nail technician uh, through Venmo, you know, paying my lawn guy through Venmo, all these different things. Like those people are going to be the ones that they're coming after. Like there's a girl that I hired to paint the inside of this house when we first bought it back in May. She did an awesome job. That's what she does for a living. Her and her brother, I think it was, they've got this Mm -hmm. little business. She did a fine job. I paid her through Venmo, you know, I, Who am I to say? I have no idea how much taxes she pays or how much of that she really reports as income. And until now, possibly the IRS had a hard time with that, too. But with these 87,000 agents, uh, that's going to be an easier thing to do, especially when you think about them beefing up their tech and stuff like that. Like, I remember that the IRS uh, probably 15 years ago or more was was um, scooping up all the COBOL programmers yeah, of course, yeah. I'm in IT, so I understand that kind of thing. I remember a whole lot of people that were contractors like me who were old head programmers all of a sudden got these Fed jobs with the IRS as they were revamping their systems. So yeah, I assume yeah, it's going to yeah. be a little bit more something like that, some kind of way to you know reach out and do data pulls in of all the Venmo transactions. Let's really figure out if these people are truly your friends and family or are they your customers? Exactly. You know, and they're I mean, already don't think to... that because you make a distinction in the app that somebody's your friend or family, that's going to matter. So, Oh, exactly. And they're already starting to go after that because, uh, you know, I'll sell old stuff on, on eBay, you know, CDs and DVDs and, you know, whatever's around the house, you know, make a couple bucks on stuff that's just, just sitting there on the shelf that I'm not going to use anymore. And if you hit more than $600 a year in transactions in... um on eBay or PayPal or Venmo or any of these other ones, then that gets reported to the IRS. And so then you have to, then you have to pay taxes on that, you know, more than $600 you make. Mm-hmm. And like you say, then, then, you know, maybe some of this programming will try to, um, and these agents will try to determine whether, um, you know, that $25 you make on uh, cutting somebody's front lawn is, yeah. you know, is that is that really a business or is that just, uh, you know, uh, Deb's friends and family, you know, one of those kinds of things. Yeah, it's, right. It's, I'm related to everybody I cut the lawn of, I assure you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's crazy it, and, and it's not the rich people. I mean, I think right, that's, exactly. that's really the bottom line. You know, this yeah. is and it, it's it's also difficult because it's like it, it it's it's pathetic the way they're trying to manage money and manage themselves out of this problem. I mean, it, it's about the worst financial management you can mm-hmm. think of. You know, it, it, it makes me just, you know, we, we have to find a way to shake this money out of people. Everybody look in your couch cushions. Uh, it reminds me of the old Disney movie Robin Hood 
where the mm-hmm. tax collector comes around, yanks the poor box money out of the church. You know, sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you guys are just going to have to give a little bit more because the prince needs it. You know, and this has happened throughout history mm-hmm. in, 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 in every society. You know, I mean, this is like back in the old days, the, you know, those people lived in palaces and everybody else was the same dirty level of nothing, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it's just that's what. I guess maybe people think I sound crazy, but that's what I think they want to be again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All so. the, uh, yeah, it, I think I think there's a, there's a lot to that. And actually, interestingly, uh, we all remember that uh, Biden has continuously said that no one earning less than four hundred thousand dollars a year will will get new taxes. Um, but but if you look at the demographic breakdown on that, uh, those who make above four hundred thousand is only one point eight percent of the population, and that accounts that one point eight percent accounts for twenty five percent of the tax revenue. Thank so you. So therefore, Bill. <laughs> by necessity, then they have to go after the middle class because that's where you know fifty or seventy five percent of the of the wealth of this country is. Yeah, and they said, and the Joint Commission on Taxation um, says that seventy seventy eight percent to ninety percent of the underreported income would come from those earning less than two hundred thousand dollars a year, yep. and only four percent to nine percent would come from those earning above five hundred thousand. So there's, you know, the the middle class is where the money is. So therefore, they have to go after all those people. You know mowing the lawn and and selling their CDs on eBay. It just it it the the it doesn't uh, make sense any other kind of way. You have exactly. to under, yeah, exactly. That is how it's gonna be. And I, I I will find this and and make sure we include it in our notes as a source. But I saw a a table, a tabular breakdown of various income levels and the potential increase in new audits in those particular brackets. And mm-hmm. to your point, every level has an increase it, it expect in audits. Yeah. So th- they already know that they're going to be going after people all across the spectrum. So oh, yeah. it's it's a lie when they tell you that they're not. And we, we have to just get wise to the fact that they lie to us. Right, right. And, <laughs> and although technically there might not be a new tax on those earning $400,000 or less a year, you're probably going to pay more taxes. They'll probably find an extra thing in there. You didn't, uh, you know, you didn't pay, you didn't pay your tax on this one CD you sold or that mm-hmm. uh, the one lawn you mowed, you didn't pay your taxes on that. So now we need to, now we need to charge you for that yeah. and, and to get and more it, money out it, there. It it's just nickel and diming all of us. Oh, indeed it is. And I, I know even for this past tax year, I know a lot of people who had problems and ended up either owing or getting way less return that they realized because, you know, the stimulus thing was, that was like an advance. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and so many people just, it seems like they weren't aware of like what that really was. Like you're gonna pay for everything <laughs> always, yes. you know? So how how does this actually help inflation? How does the inflation reduction bill help inflation? Well, it doesn't. Uh, not that I can see. Not that anybody can see. It 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 should it should just make it worse. I mean, seven hundred and forty billion dollars in spending uh, would just increase our inflation. The real inflation um, right now is about seventeen percent. You know, you turn on the wow. news and they say it's what eight percent or something like mm-hmm. that. But if you go to shadowstats.com, 
they have the real inflation numbers, the way we used to calculate it back in back in 1990 and 1980. Uh, since those times, the inflation number and a lot of the um, uh, CPI and and um, unemployment and everything they've they've taken out bits or added bits. They've changed the definition, changed how they calculate that so that the number goes down. Uh, but if you look at at how we used to calculate it, uh, then uh, then we're at about seventeen percent, which is which is higher than it was, I believe, during the Jimmy Carter era. I think wow. you have to go back like seventy years or something like that. They say it's the it's the biggest inflation in forty years, but it's really like the biggest amount of inflation in seventy years, some some yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah, and um, if, I mean, I've even heard like you know, uh, yeah, um, uh, World War Two times. Yeah, yeah, which exactly. would be about that mark. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 about where we are, according to shadowstats.com. dot mm-hmm. But but don't worry about that because uh, the squad member uh, Jayapal says that inflation is just a theoretical term used by economists. So I guess there really is no actual inflation. Yeah, it's just yeah, and you know it's probably it, it was um it was made up by conservative Republicans, uh, t- you know. Yeah, it's a, a vast up, right-wing yeah, conspiracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's 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 a myth. Completely, it's a myth. Yeah, yeah I mean that that that's the thing that's so nuts about this, you know. And 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 again, you know, it just it brings me back to it because you know, you and I started this project thinking maybe we can have some regular conversations because we know that we're in a situation where, um, you know, like of every five people we know. Four of them are diehard Democrat voters. They Mm -hmm. they lean left. Some of them call themselves socialists. Even I find that scary as hell. I wish I could you know talk to these people, but many of them don't want to be talked to. Um, So you know we started this thing hoping that maybe we can have these conversations and maybe somebody will now and then pop in and listen to one and say, oh, so that's the way people like that think. Some mm-hmm. of that makes sense to me. Maybe I'll look into it a little bit or, you know, w- whatever the case. But this is the kind of thing that I can't understand why we aren't all really insulted and up in arms over seeing them manipulate language and definitions in this manner. And we've seen it happen over mm-hmm. and over these last couple of years. Redefine vaccine, redefine recession, redefine inflation. I mean, this is, you know, and, and redefine national threat, redefine yeah, yeah. insurrection, you know, yeah. I mean, and it's it's just absolutely crazy. And the, the, if if we don't all see this now, I don't understand what will help us see it, you know, and, and I, I particularly don't like now being, you know, in a position where I feel like the president of the United States just got up on stage and told everybody that people who think like me are enemies of the state and we should be watched out for and, you know, that we advocate for political violence and things like that, which is just absolutely insane. And again, you know, redefine riot, you know, which is, you know, the the other thing that's happened over over this time. Um, you know, yeah. redefine as, as defunding protest. the police. It's just, yeah. it's just constant, constant, constant lies. And they accuse other people of doing the very thing it is that they're doing. It, it's like being in the worst, most insane, abusive, manipulative relationship of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, at what yeah. point do you see it? So, you know, and, and this particular subject just really, you know, culminates the whole thing that they, they <laughs> sh- shove this thing through anyway 
yeah. um, w- without any bipartisan support. Um, and, and now we all sit back and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that'll be the thing that helps people start understanding uh, and, and seeing the truth of the matter here. Yeah, and exactly. And the, and the truth of the matter on inflation really comes down to everything that everyone can see on a daily basis, because we all go to the grocery store on a regular basis and, and buy food, and we can see 100% definitely with with uh, with our eyes that in our uh, wallets that you know the the prices of everything has gone up there's no denying that uh, that inflation no matter what you call it inflation is here and it's it, you can you can definitely feel it they were saying on, on today when I was listening to that that I, I hated this phrase if by some miracle <laughs> the Democrats hold on to power, they will be doubling down on these catastrophic policies. Yeah. And when I think of a miracle, I do not think of them holding power as a miracle. No, <laughs> no. Now, you know, if by some cruel, horrible twist of fate, <laughs> they end up holding on to power. But again, like I, I'm yep, so yep. flipped out now, you know, like a month ago, I felt pretty good about November. Now I am starting to worry because, you know, the president is ramping up his rhetoric so bad to be against this side of the house. I mean, it feels to me like they're basically saying, vote for us. Don't vote for the other guys because they're evil. Just, you know, they're mean. So yeah, just don't yeah. don't vote for them. They're enemies. And, you know, like, so is that really all you have? Yeah. So I hope there aren't a lot of people that believe that. I hope that people are opening their eyes to seeing what's really going on here. And it's not about your loyalty to a political affiliation at this point. It's about, it, it really is. I mean, I agree that we're in a battle for the nation. You know, mm-hmm. we're in a battle for our country and taking our country back. That dramatic soul of the nation crap. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't I don't describe things in that manner. But we are, in fact, yeah, we're in a battle. So, yeah, yeah. When you think about the government being small and manageable, you don't think about adding 87,000 IRS agents. You don't think about, uh, you know, beefing up agencies to go against your political opponents. You know, you don't think about spending your uh, economy into oblivion and, uh, you know, destroying your dollar and the lives of your citizens. These are big government, authoritarian, totalitarian, communist, socialist, whatever you want to call it, you know, amassing of power, hurting of the regular people, taking of their money. This is this is real oppression that's upon us. You know, this is this is real threat to democracy. You know, not not the the fabricated you know thing that they'll that the press secretary or the president or anybody in this administration will get up and tell you now. But you know, and I and I've come back to that uh, over and over. So I hope that this little synopsis of this thing has been helpful for people today. It was fun for me to talk about it with you, as always. Yeah, me too. And uh, as we march toward November, please be thinking about it. And the government is best when it's small. 